Happy Hour with Johnny Radio. This hour is brought to you by Scooters Plus on Summer Avenue. Now, here's your host, Johnny Radio himself, John Harden. John Harden introduced and then hear my voice, is it not? Here, I guess you John Harden. I guess, you know, technically, though, you would hear my voice anyway. That's a good point. You know whose voice they wouldn't normally hear during this hour? Yours truly. No, no, I'm just joking. But, uh, no, John is on vacation this week. Uh, he's taking a much-deserved rest, and we're here in his stead in the Family Leisure Studios. But he'll be back... Uh, not till next Monday, I don't think. So. Right. so he'll be back next Monday. So all week we're here with you. A lot of stuff to get to. Full weekend in the sports world, including basketball. Because the Grizzlies played a preseason game They're back, yesterday. baby. They're back, baby. Uh, so a lot of stuff to get to today. First of all, though, a lot of ass analysis this week after Peyton Manning on Monday Night Football, right? Did you watch the, the Manning cast? You don't watch the Manning cast. I, well, I watch it some. I didn't. I didn't catch it last week. So though. last week they were doing a push the quarterback in the in the tuchus. Um, yeah, the little tush push. Yeah, and yeah. so and so that's what they were talking about. He's like, you got to get one one guy's got to get a hand oh, on the yeah, right yeah. butt cheek. Another guy gets a hand on the left butt cheek, and they shove him. Uh huh. And ever and since then, one goes up the middle. Ever yeah. since then, it just opened the door for ass analysis. We've we've broken huh. the ass barrier. Wow. Analysis. Ah, how about that? I would, if I might bell, that's what I would bring you right there. <laughs> um, so, uh, I mean, we've truly broken. I mean, I was seen in every game I watched: NFL, college. You know what else? WWE Fastlane. They had ass analysis this weekend. Wow. How about that? So it's really, it's just we've broken the barrier, like sure the, you know, breaking the sound barrier uh-huh. when you go really fast. We've broken the ass barrier, Bryant. Wow, we had a butt game on Saturday. Baylor played Texas Tech. B U T T. Oh, I see. Hey, I did you, not. If see. you line the uh, the uh, the the logos up next to each see, other, as a as a proud alum of the Texas Tech University, I um I, I never I never I, no? I never consider it uh. that. <laughs> it's just far too far too important of a game huh. for me to put it, put it in those terms. Um, but also. We had uh, something happen on Saturday, I guess at 7 o'clock, the same time as that other game, right? Maybe. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about? 7 o'clock game? 7 o'clock game? 7 o'clock game. You know what I'm talking about? There were a lot of 7 o'clock games. There was a big one. And it's been reverberating. Oh, the U. The U. The U, it's the U been is re- not back. It's How about been that? Re- reverberating everywhere since then. Very sad game for the University of Miami. They lost. What a, a joke. They, I mean, Mario Cristobal. Please. Right, let's, let's, let's pump the brakes for a second. We're going to get there. Okay. Let me, let me set the <laughs> That's scene. That's just how everyone else has done it, talking let, about it. Let this me game. set the scene first. I like that you're on the ball, though. You're on the ball so far. So the first thing I have to talk about in terms of what happened with the Miami game is uh, so they were undefeated coming into this game have high hopes they go to North Carolina this week so like it's basically get through this game and you have like a bulk of your ACC schedule coming up right undefeated national championship national the playoff aspirations are probably not playoff good but like if you win enough games like you're going to be in the conversation at the end of the day um, and that's what they were hoping for unfortunately those hopes were dashed on that seven o'clock game against Georgia Tech um, Mario Cristobal decided with 
what was it, 30 seconds left? Yep. So you could have kneeled the ball. It was third down. Mm-hmm. They had one yard to go. Georgia Tech had zero timeouts. No timeouts. And Miami had one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had one yard to go to get a first down. And Mario Cristobal, rather than taking a knee and ending the game, decided to hand it off. Yep. And Tim Hasselback is doing the game. He's in the booth, and he is just incensed. He's like, ah, what's going on here? They Can't they kneel? And yeah. he's just like very confused as to what's happening. They decide to hand the ball off. And what happened, Bryant? He fumbled. He fumbled. Ball! He fumbled. This is not the first time Mario Cristobal has mm-hmm. done that. No. When was the other time? Uh, when he was at Oregon, when he was what was it, Oregon. 2018 against uh, Stanford? Sure right? was, yeah. and lost that game mm-hmm. as well. So it's not the first time he does it. He does it. He did it at Oregon. He's doing it again. Cut to the sideline. Cameras go to the sideline. Players are crying on the sideline. In fact, their best offensive player, his name escapes me because he's an offensive lineman. Who cares about the guy's names? <laughs> but he's the best offensive player on the team. I mean, mm-hmm. he's truly the re- the biggest jump in Tyler Van Dyke's performance, which he had three picks in the game. Yeah, but I his just... performance last year, which was down a lot from his, his first Dak year Prescott impression. to this year, has been the improved offensive line. And this gentleman on the sideline that was crying, whose name escapes me at the moment. He's the big reason. He is a huge reason why. Wow. And he's just over there crying like, what are we doing, man? What are we doing? that what are we what doing? are we yeah. doing and there's fans in the player i mean the the, the p- parents of players in the stands just like what is going on here people were crying Jeez. literally in tears people were crying all over the place it's unbelievable and it was unbelievable for a bunch of different reasons people are saying he should be fired you know what bryant not harsh enough oh i, I say complete banishment wow he, okay. he should be he should be forced to fend for himself on an island somewhere perhaps in fiji like okay. you know maybe you live on fruit or make him compete in these competitions for survival Ooh. these are competitions that test your endurance and maybe your brain power uh-huh. like a puzzle perhaps Ooh. um you know you get things like a flint if you do well in the competitions to start a fire right. you get drinking water surprise maybe like fishing gear so you can uh. go fishing to get like meat and like sustenance in that way too jeff probst could be the host perhaps okay you think about this sure see this is the show survivor Brian. Yeah. I can tell uh-huh. oh you were with me on it with oh, excellent um, also sound like the hunger games which i'm now starting to realize might have been inspired by survivor how about a reality show called surviving crystal ball how about that and it goes back so so it takes place this after he's fired this off season and like he's on the island doing the survivor challenges and then you know they have to sit in front of the camera and like uh-huh. spill their guts or whatever sure. so he like reflects on his time and what he put those poor kids His through decisions. and so like as he's struggling then you go back and see how he made those people struggle and it just goes back and <laughs> forth so surviving crystal a little play on words to go both it. ways that's all a joke of course because a bunch of different things that in terms of factual information that's uh-huh. that's the all fun and games yes. portion of the proceedings do you have any you you already fired him do you want to continue with the firing no i i, I mean i was just fine at, at firing him i mean I everyone's fired yes him. So oh, lost, that's not good enough. Lost in the translation of all of this, though, is a couple of things. First okay. of all, we just mentioned Mario. This happened to him in Oregon. Uh-huh. He hasn't knelt all season. They don't kneel. Interesting. It is. It, it harkens back to a time like that used to be strategy. You know. Oh like, yeah. Coaches in like I, I don't know when how fifty years ago I suppose it was they didn't kneel. That wasn't part of the scheme of football. In fact, it was seemed as a sign of like weakness. Like like the miracle in the Meadowlands okay. happened because they would kneel the football. Right. Because that you don't kneel. That's you, we're not kneeling. We're playing football here. We who, why are you kneeling? We're not kneeling. We're playing football. And that's like Mario Cristobal's like macho demeanor and stuff like that and it's stupid right i mean it's it's a dumb idea yeah but you also can't fire the guy because he does meet the 
baseline of what you need to compete for a championship, sure. which is recruiting. Oh yeah, I mean he does that at a high level. The coaches before him at Miami were not recruiting mm-hmm. anything at all, not not even close to the way he's recruiting right, right. there. And so if what comes with that is a little bit of stupidity and like macho behavior, so be it. I mean, like Urban Meyer was a college football coach that won multiple national true. championships, and we sh- he showed us as a coach in the NFL and actual football league how terrible he was at his job. You know what I mean? Like, he's not a good coach. I understand it worked in college, but that speaks to why Mario can keep his job after something like that. That's true. Because he covers the baseline of recruiting, Mm -hmm. which is how you make ends meet in college football. It really doesn't have to do with football schematics that much. They had a ton of recruits of that game on on Saturday. It was a whole section. It's a shame. It was a shame. It was a bad game, too. (laughs) But how about this? Nobody is caring that... Did you see the replay of the of the play? Did you see oh, the play he was, live? He was he was down. Yeah, he he, he didn't fumble. Uh. But that's what's so interesting about all of this, and I love it. I truly love it. Is in no time in my memory, at least, has have I ever seen a play so definitively wrong? Yeah. And the discourse afterwards isn't oh these damn refs they're cheating <laughs> us again. These damn refs yeah. took the game away from yeah. us. What are they doing? Why would you call such a stupid play uh-huh. and put it in the hands oh, where yeah. something like that could happen? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's the way the discord. I mean, you know, I don't love criticizing the coaches all the time, but at the same day, at least it's not going to the refs. It's yeah. like we should have done something differently, that or is, they should have done something differently. Do you think it's? Do you think it's because it's Miami? Like, if this was, if this was like, uh, well, the Miami fan base is doing it. Like, I'm not true. saying the national yeah. discourse. I'm saying this is what the fan base of Miami, because the national discourse. I mean. No one even knows he didn't fumble. Right. No one even knows nor cares that he was down. That's it hasn't true. even. Been, I watched Scott Van Pelt this last night. Mm-hmm. I watched Sports Center Sunday morning. No, it wasn't even mentioned that he was down. It didn't even. They didn't even hint that he might have been, been down. down. This might have been, been a bad call. Wasn't even brought up. Huh. But I love that. I mean, I don't. I love that at the same time, though. Right. I don't. Again, I don't love that. Like all this hard. Because you don't criticism. like. You don't like the crutch that is always with like fandom of blame the ref. Always, yeah. all the time. Like, I mean, here's an example. I was at the Grizzlies game last night. Oh, what a game that was. Humble brag. Uh, but I was at the Grizzlies game. One of the, like, 400 people that were there? You know, it wasn't a lot, but that's... But I, it was... I, I tell look, you what. I tell you what. That's my vibe, though. Let uh, me tell you something, Let's though. relax, sit down, and watch the game. Look, I was watching that game last night. I wanted to be there, and it got loud. And when, when they got to overtime late in the fourth quarter, even though it was not nearly halfway full, man, it, it was loud in there. Yeah, it really was loud in there, and guys were diving on the floor too. Oh, but yeah. that's an aside because there were certain points, like like at one point, like Jaron fouled, dude, and like literally was grabbing his arm, and right. like everyone's like, "Boo!" Because he, he got right. his other hand, he got on the ball, mm. and like, "Boo!" What is this? He's fouled, right. and that's generally the discourse we get in sports. Is mm. like these refs, they're cheating us again. <laughs> but for something like this to happen, that really shifted the moment. Not even shifted the moment. It it was the end of the game. Sure. Well, sorry, they still had to score that last touchdown right. and a horrible breakdown. Man. What a throw! Horrible really, break, horrible breakdown <laughs> yeah, by the defense. It was. He was on back-to-back plays. Uh-huh. Truly, uh-huh. Uh, could, that is what's crazy. Which is another thing you should say is like it's not necessarily the fumble that cost you the game oh, yeah. because it's not like it was a scoop and score. They had what twenty seconds to to go half half the field with no timeouts. I mean, yeah, defensive breakdown. Literally a complete breakdown. Yeah. Literally complete breakdown. And so much so, so I was in the car at the very end of this game as it was happening. I went back and watched it after the fact just so everybody knows that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a oh, yeah. journalist. Uh-huh. You know, I saw it. Don't worry, I of saw course. it. But I was listening to it, and as I'm flipping through the channels after this game has gone final, every, like on the Sirius XM, sure. 
every channel. You know, they have like this the, that chunk of oh, like yeah. forty sports channels. Mm-hmm. Every channel is talking about <laughs> Miami. <laughs> the U. I went to the baseball channel. Oh. Talking about Miami. You're kidding. I swear. <laughs> talking about what Mario Cristobal just did. You could not get to a chance. Sorry we have the playoffs going on right now, but Miami just lost in the worst way possible. I found Conan's new radio channel on there where they do the, all the Conan O'Brien podcasts and live shows and stuff like that. Conan's talking about Miami. jokes about Miami. <laughs> no, nah, it was all recorded. That's not true. But literally, you know what else? I just mentioned they were talking about uh, on WWE Fastlane, the pay-per-view this weekend. You know what really? they brought up? They made reference to Miami. You're kidding. In between Pizza Hut commercials and all this uh-huh. sponsored crap content, they're talking about they're like, Miami. Hey, they're talking about Miami, Miami didn't kneel the ball. They're talking about the lack of the kneel by University of Miami. They That's talked hilarious. about it on NFL broadcast yesterday. Oh, yeah. They talked I heard about it all over the place on NFL on broadcast. On pregame shows yesterday. Jeez. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It was. It was. It's one of the most like monumental moments mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it was when it happened in Oregon, too, but maybe yeah. a little bit less so. Well, in Oregon, I mean, who knows? That game probably was on Pac-12 it's Network, so nobody no watched watch it. Yeah. Great point by um, you. So this is Miami, baby. I mean, everyone's watching Miami. And they were undefeated at this mm-hmm. point in time. I don't know if Oregon was undefeated he at that was, time or not. He was back to some people. I don't know man. if they were. Because no. I, I, I was listening, as I listened yesterday and, like, read disgruntled um, fans that have lost their minds on the Internet, they were even, like, very level-headed and have been for the past few weeks, yeah. too. Like, I mean, obviously there's some fans who are like, we're winning it all, we're undefeated, oh, yeah. we just go undefeated, uh-huh. we'll be in the national championship. I think a lot of Miami fans were like, yeah. this team does not have the talent necessary yet. You know, I, I don't get fans like that. You know, the fans that just, you know, parade around and say their team's unbelievable and that they're going to win every game, you know, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You know, I may or may not have done that on Friday with the Cowboys, mm-hmm. Um, but they should have won that game last night. And then, just saying. And then freaked out uh, uh-huh. when they played the Cardinals because they're supposed to win every game. They're I mean, better going than, on. They're better than I mean, the Cardinals. But that's an aside. They're better than them. I'll start crying if we talk about the Cowboys. Josh Dobbs playing good football right sure, now, though, sure too. Is. But, man, I thought that was so interesting. And I think the most interesting part – well, first of all, I think the – a need much needed context in that it's not like he didn't have is it okay is it better or worse that him and his entire staff knew that they could fumble to for in the game but it is a conscious decision they made all year not to better or worse worse you think i think so because a lot of the discourse is also that how could they not know how, how did no one know? No, they, they definitely know no, the consequences. They, they all knew. Yeah. They all knew that it's a conscious decision they make every week, yeah. week in and week out, to not kneel the football. I mean, if you go back sure. go back and watch each game, and, and listen, oh man, listen to the Miami broadcast after the game. Joe Zagaki. <laughs> he's at the 40. He's at the 30. Oh, no. And he's at, that was not Joe Zagaki impression. <laughs> and the Duke. Uh, Cornelder, Cornelder, to the touchdown, Tennessee product. Yeah. Um, Cornelder, uh, back, oh, not Cornelder, uh, Joe Zagaki t- talking after the game. He's sitting there at, d- at doing the broadcast and he's like, I, I think they could have knelt it. I'm not sure. I I'm not sure. I don't know if they could have knelt it. And they send it to some corporate, you know, like uh-huh. sponsor something in another studio or whatever and then they come on back and he goes yes it has been confirmed to me Miami could have knelt the football <laughs> and iced the game away and then you know someone inevitably says well they just that's not who they are you know that's not who they are but you know what the funniest part about the entire radio broadcast was is after Joe Zagaki goes I think they could have knelt it yes they definitely could have knelt <laughs> it we will be right back in corporate sponsor studio right after this break and the first 
commercial oh, is no. a public service announcement. Have you thought about suicide recently? <laughs> Everybody listening. <laughs> what a horror. Poor timing. And, or great timing. But maybe. I don't, know, I, mean, I don't know if it's good or bad. Save a life. Uh, there's a producer some, in there like, we got to play this one right now. They saved somebody's life. That's I tell great. you what. Oh, man. I saw this this morning. Um, Miami hasn't won a home conference game under Cristobal. Is that right? That's what that's what I saw this morning. Supposedly it's in a story in The Athletic this morning that Miami, this is from, what's today? It was posted yesterday. Wow. And let me see if I can find the exact quote. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find no. Oh, yeah. Miami hasn't won an ACC home game yet under Chris Ball. They're 0-5 in league play at Hard Rock Stadium since school administrators signed the coach to a 10-year, $80 million deal in December 2021. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, that's insane. But explainable. Very. I mean, no, it's only five games. Because, and this is also the first year. Yeah. I mean, last year was a mess. No, it was terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. And, and like, a ton of guys left, and they were super young in every position mm-hmm. and inexperienced every position. And you're finally starting to see some growth this year, like, starting undefeated to this point. And furthermore, I do think the market, in terms of betting markets, are overreacting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, tough situation there. Crazy sequence at the end of that game. <laughs> I mean, you can't explain that away at no. all. But at the same time, Miami isn't that bad. No. Now, is there, there, you know, these are college kids. What if everything breaks down at this point? It could, sure. I suppose. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's not like these are professionals these that are easily. 18 to 24-year-olds. Easily. And, and it's already a 27 very, if you're talking about the Tigers well, with DeAndre. It's already a very young team, too, uh-huh. though. You know what I mean? And so that's a factor as well. But, but I mean, what, what you said about, like, last year, you're starting to see that around the country with the transfer portal and, like, the way coaches leave and stuff like that. Like, same thing at Oklahoma. Like, Oklahoma was bad last year, and everyone wanted to make fun of their defense. And now, I mean, year two, they're looking much better. Year two under Cristobal, Miami's looking better. So I think, you know, we might have to start changing how we look at, at coaching changes and stuff. You know, you can't judge them in year one. got to judge, start judging them in year two. So how about this? Miami – Played a good football season so far. Yeah. Terrible loss against Georgia Tech, right? But Heck of a win for Georgia Tech. Nobody's talking about it on the other side. What a win for, uh, what's their coach's name, Brent Key? Oh, he's a, I think this is his first year interim head coach last year. What a win for him and his program. But beat A&M at home, which is big time. Oh, yeah, big time. Temple's not very good, but they went on the road and beat the crap out of Temple 41-7. to mm-hmm. Then Bethune-Cookman will throw that one out the window. Sure. I can't remember who week one was against, but it was someone. Uh, who was week one against? I don't remember. I don't remember either. Um, nonetheless. Oh, Miami of Ohio. Oh, oh, and now it's come back to bite them. What, how so? Because Miami Ohio beat Bowling Green. Bowling Green beat, beat Georgia, Georgia Tech. Tech last and week. now Georgia, yeah, and now mm-hmm. Georgia Tech beat Miami. So, uh, so, but, but North Carolina this week, the North Carolina top 15 team in the country. And playing, I mean, despite, even, even despite the loss to Alabama, I mean, that's still a good team, Texas A&M. Uh, yeah, very much so. But they're playing North Carolina next week at North Carolina. That yeah. line opened at plus three and a half. Wow. In, uh, for Miami, I mean. Miami's plus yeah. three. North Carolina's a three-and-a-half-point sure. favorite sure. at home. Tell you what, man. I know it's only Monday, and we have all week to bet on these games. Mm-hmm. I kind of like Miami in this one, man. On the road? I mean, I don't know the analysis, but let me find North it. Carolina just got their star receiver back? If you filibuster for a moment, I'll find what I read earlier that's telling me to take Miami. I mean, I look. Tell I, me why. Tell me why North Carolina's – here we go. 
There's plus fours out there. You can grab those. Here's what people will say. How can you bet on Miami after Mario Cristobal refused to take a knee and oh. win the game and then choked it away? Well, well that's going to be the analysis all week. Well, I'm going to guess we're going to overreact to how much that affects the team going forward. Miami had a good start to the season, mm-hmm. and I don't think they're just going to throw it all away because of one fluky game and one fluky situation and a ridiculous ending. Miami dominated last week, and I think the Hurricane should be no more than a field goal underdog in Chapel Hill this weekend. The worst Mm. line to take this game at is plus three. Ain't no way people are going to move this line down from no, three and a half. No, it's going to move the opposite direction. Uh, you know, as, if you get it more than three, this might be, oh, here we go. The model that I'm reading here, this is courtesy of the Athletic. The model, oh, I love, I, Athletic has models. I've been reading NHL previews all oh, week. Oh, and they, they have, got models. Oh, they, and they all have models. And it's a great it's a great crutch for uh-huh. a, a publication to have. Oh, yeah. Because if you get upset with something someone says, they their defenses, it was the model. It, was, it wasn't us. I was just, Our it was, model It was just said the this. model. Oh, yeah. I didn't say anything. It's just the model. Model predicts North Carolina 28.5 points, Miami 27 points. Oh, wow. So one and a half point difference. Yeah, but that, which is impossible like when you actually play the game. <laughs> but I mean, these two game teams are close. It's a competitive ACC game. Miami, I'm sure, still has aspirations of making to an ACC championship. Oh, sure. You need to win this football game if you're going to do so, mm-hmm. especially after losing to Georgia Tech. But as long as you win tiebreakers against the rest of the teams, that Georgia Tech game doesn't really bother you. You could also say, in terms of making a narrative, that they lost that game because they were looking ahead to North Carolina. And here's the last thing before we get a break here. we got to take a break and talk to Terry Davis on the other side. Joe Zagaki said at the end of the game, he goes, the thing you can't do is let Georgia Tech beat you twice. Meaning that if they lose to North Carolina next week. Georgia Tech on a bye, too. So the rare opportunity, Georgia Tech get a win on a bye. More on that later. Terry Davis after this. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Happy Hour with Johnny Radio. This hour is brought to you by Scooters Plus on Summer Avenue. Here once again is Johnny Radio. Snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes gravity. Terry Davis joining us now. Terry Davis uh, does great work around town with the Tri-State Defender, for one thing. Uh, and he was at the Grizzlies game last night. That's where I want to start with him. First of all, Terry, good morning to you. Um, thank you so much for making the time for us. I know you have a busy day covering the Tigers as well. We'll get to that in a little bit. But first of all, preseason impressions after game one last night. Some good stuff all around. Some guys sitting out. But there was a lot of positives you could take from it. What impressed you the most last night from the Grizzlies over? time win good morning uh good morning man uh i i didn't want to do it but i think Derek rose might have a, a lot left in the tank at least for the first 25 games which you know might help heal the big uh, 12 not being there for 25 games but he actually well playing with those guys starting and he was almost like a he had missed and then marcus didn't play smart didn't play so i think that i think this team's gonna be pretty good in the west uh, you're right about Derrick Rose too. He had a pull up three. Real good. He looked pull hit a pull up three at one point that was really nice too. You're right. He looked really good. Nice floater and right outside the paint too. He looked really good. That's a super positive thing. I was happy to see him as well. And he seemed to be very grateful. He even mentioned so much. He seemed very grateful to be back in Memphis. What what does that mean to you as someone covering sports around the city that Derrick Rose clearly has is so grateful to be back here. Yeah, because, you know, for so many times when Derrick Rose was uh, on the opposing team, 
he either didn't play or wasn't bad. It's almost like he like turned his back on Memphis, but it seems like it's come full circle. He's embracing everything. He wants to be here. He wants to be part of the Grizzlies. He wants to be part of the Tigers. He wants to be, you know, that 2018 to be uh, back remembered. So I think with that and all the since Memphis, that's the last time Memphis been to the Final Four, I think that means a lot for not only him but for the city of Memphis and the Tiger fans. Yeah, no doubt. He got a great ovation, too. He mm-hmm. got to start. It, it, it meant, I know it meant a lot to me personally. It sounds like it meant a lot to you as well, and I'm sure I'm sure we're not the only people in the arena last night that it meant a lot to. That it's, it was great to see, and just so much fun. A real positive environment last time, last night in the forum, in the forum as well, which is a lot of fun. All right, so those are positives. If anything, I know it's just one preseason game. Did anything, what concerned you the most about the team that maybe sprung up while you were watching the game? Or maybe there's a concern that you've had all offseason that's like led up and maybe it was solidified in the game last night or there's still questions to be answered. Was there anything that concerned you at all last night after watching that game? After watching that game, I have the same concern I had at the end of the game. Who's going to rebound if Stephen Adams is not going to be able to make it because mm-hmm. when he goes out, there's a big hole in the you know the rebounding presence. Because when he's there, he opens up now for him rebounding. He he helps other people rebounding. So that's the biggest problem there. Who's going to step up and be rebounding place for Stephen Adams if he's not there? Because if he goes out again, uh, I think we're going to have a great regular season, but it, it won't work in the playoffs. So he's the key to Memphis going to Western Conference Finals. Uh, I think Which is hard to believe when he came here two years ago. It's <laughs> a cru- crucial piece. I think you're absolutely right yeah. about that, though. I mean, such a physical presence, and like the top three guys in the MVP voting last year are all big, mm-hmm. strong guys like that that are going to snatch boards, and Steven Adams can go toe to toe with all those guys. I think you're right on. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah. Oh, well, Terry, uh, I know a lot of people this offseason, and even uh, between the open practice on Saturday and then in building up to last night's game, have been talking about Zaire and what he can bring to the table uh, this season. What did you think about him last night and in the open practice on Saturday? I think he's showing flashes of rookies out here. Mm-hmm. But one thing, uh, his biggest problem is, I think it's, it's not his talent. I think what his problem is between the ears. I think he's got to do it consistently, yeah. game in and game out. And when things go bad, he's got to be able to, to push through it and do what he needs to do. He has the talent and ability to do it, but he just needs to maintain that confidence level in doing it. And that's the same thing with Jake LaRavia. He can shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. I think he can shoot the ball mm-hmm. with Luke now, but he got that South Haven confidence. He needs to get that Memphis Bridges confidence. Because if he can get that confidence there and they have another outside shooter with Jake, Luke, and Desmond Bain, this team would be unstoppable. And they all got great. Really, everybody, because it was an overtime game last night, got really good minutes in the game. Guys that started and those bench guys that came in late. It was probably organized a little bit that way, but I'm not sure they expected all those guys on the bench to get 20-plus minutes last night. That was really neat to see. Anything, any concerns put to bed, or I'll maybe word it a different way, what was the biggest thing, what surprised you the most last night from guys maybe on the bench or starters or otherwise? Uh, I it surprised me how well that they're, you know, even though this is the first preseason game, that the chemistry level that they have, even with that first unit, because the first unit, they played really well together, and that, that ending unit, you know, that's pretty much going to be the D-League team that's going down there next year. They even had the chemistry, but between the two of those, and I think Gigi might be a little bit better than I expected. I'd expect him to see any minute on the court this year for the Grizz. He might be able to develop into, you know, a nicer role player and development to like the second year Sunday, like Sunday did two years ago. 
I, I agree. I, you know, Gigi's stat line doesn't look good if you're just like reading the box score today, but he contributed in a way on the court last night. And, and these guys hustling. I mean, I don't remember yeah. the last time I saw all these guys getting on the floor. I know you were watching intently. What did you think about the hustle, not only from the Grizzlies, but the Pacers? There was guys scrapping on the floor last night for loose balls. You know, I am not a preseason exhibition game. I hate them with a passion. But in that fourth quarter in overtime, that was better than most regular season sure NBA games. I think it was back and forth. Those guys, was, they, they didn't, neither team wanted to lose. They was out there talking smack to each other. Man. It, was, it was pretty cool, man. You know, if you was there in, in, the, in the building, because you could have came down late because all the seats were open because a lot of people up early. <laughs> it was fun to watch, man. And just hearing the crowd cheer. Like it's a midseason game. It was a real fun environment last night. Yeah, no, it, it, you're absolutely right. It really was. It, it's super positive too. You know, there's sometimes so much anxiety when you're watching these games. Last night was such a positive environment. It's just a vibe I felt in the arena. It, it was a great, great environment to be in. What about their opponent last night? I know it's not the same, not even the same conference, the Pacers and the Grizzlies. But what were your impressions of the Pacers last night? If you had any, I mean, they they look like a pretty good team in their own right. Yeah, when you got Rick Carlisle, the coach, you know, he's not going to let you just go through the motions. And, you know, everybody in the, in the world wants Buddy Hill to play for him. So he has some talent. And they, they, they just need one or two pieces that mm-hmm. they're missing. You know, they've always competitive, but they just don't have the depth like the Memphis Grizzlies have. Memphis Grizzlies has depth. So when someone goes down, they got somebody else, the next man up to go and fill the gap. That's their biggest problem is once they go through their starters and somebody get hurt, it's, uh, it's like a cliff, uh, kind of cliff, and they just lose it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100% too. The bench that the Grizzlies were able to put out there last night, even with guys not playing, and there was guys not playing for the Pacers too, way deeper for the Grizzlies, no, no doubt about it. And the last thing on the Grizzlies, we got to talk about the Tigers too. It's a huge Tiger basketball media. I know everyone's super excited about that. And the Tigers have a big football game on Friday we want to talk to you about. But my last question about the Grizzlies is what are you looking for the most as they go into this Tuesday exhibition against? Milwaukee. Is there anything that you're really going to be keeping your eye on? Um, one thing I want to make sure is, is one thing they didn't do well on, on last night was shoot the ball. They were horrendous from shooting. You know, they were able to score, but they weren't able to shoot. So I want them to improve their shooting efficiency, both Desmond, Luke, and uh, uh, Jake. I want all of them to go out there and shoot a whole lot better this game around because before you know it, it's a regular season, and you don't want to carry that bad trade open to the regular season. No kidding. 21% definitely leaves a lot to be desired. Bryant, you got some Tiger basketball questions for him? Yeah, Terry, we got uh, media days today uh, down in Dallas, and a lot of Tigers on these uh, first and second teams, also Rookie of the Year. Uh, rookie of the Year, Carl Sharonfont and J.J. Taylor, both named for that. Uh, Javon Quinterly on the first team, and then Jordan Brown on the second team for Memphis. Uh, when you look at, at these four guys, especially those two freshmen, when you kind of start talking talking about playing time and that sort of thing. How, how big of an impact do you think J.J. Taylor and Carl can make this year? They're going to make a tremendous impact. And, and the, the freshman that has on that list, Ashton Hardaway, mm-hmm. if he comes through to shoot the way he, I think he can shoot, he's going to be on that list also. It just shows you if these guys stay together, this could be a special, special year for the Tigers. Because if they stay healthy, you know, and, and until the NCAA changes, until the administration changes, this is a lineup on form with. I'm not going to worry about Mikey or DeAndre yeah. until they are in uniform. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's the way to go. Also, the uh, preseason poll out today, uh, Florida Atlantic. First, Tigers right behind them at second. The Tigers got two coaches to vote for him, didn't they? 
for to be uh, first place. Three, 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 three votes sure. for first place. So, uh, so what do you make about that? Uh, a lot of love coming in for FAU after they made the the Final Four, brought uh, most all of their team back. But, uh, but like Jay Morgan said, three votes for the Tigers for first place, trying to uh, defend what they won last year. It just shows you Memphis pretty much turned their roster over, and FAU, you know, they kept their rosters intact, and Memphis is right there. Mm-hmm. And it is not going to surprise me if Memphis win the regular season and postseason next year. I, that's how special I think this team could be. Wow. Because this, this team does not have the animosity, the jealousness, the infighting, the bickering that the team that two years ago had with the uh, money base. With that team, what last year? God, it feels like it's two years ago. But <laughs> last year, they coming in with that attitude to, to go out there and play, and, and they want to win. And I think all these guys saw that. You know, they could have the team last year easily could have went to the Final Four if they do what they need to do this year. They all will have a chance to, to get a couple rings this year. I'm I'm with you on the optimism too, and it seems like I mean three coaches are too for a team that went to the final four for teams to be a lot that of veteran guys on this. No roster, kidding, absolutely. for people to be optimistic about the Tigers speaks really highly of them. I'm going to go back to the well uh, question I asked you kind of about the Grizzlies a second ago too. Is okay, so we know the positive things. What's a concern that you still have, maybe about the roster construction or about the way they're going to play? Perhaps what's the biggest concern that you still see that you can't wait to see answered once season starts ramping up here? My biggest question is when the guys don't get the 25, 30 minutes, are they going to be that way come February, mm-hmm. come March? Yeah. Are they going to be able to stick together? Because there's going to be some time that some, some good guys are going to be on the bench because you know how Memphis are. They wanna, you want to shorten the rotation no matter how good they are. But with this rotation they have here with the depth of talent, you know, it's going to be easy for Penny to go 10, 12 guys on the night because, you know, every night somebody's going to be different showing up and showing out. And you're going to need that. You know, early in the season to, for those guys to get those minutes for them to come through to, to a conference play. Cause conference play, they don't care who you are. They, you know, when you go to uh, mm-hmm. FIU, South Florida, that you're the biggest game in town. Oh, they yeah. want to beat you. <laughs> you know, they don't want to beat Fort Atlantic yet because they've been hating Memphis mm-hmm. for years and it's the atmosphere down there. So you're going to need a, a person who hadn't shown up to show up for those games. And those games going to mean a lot because you can't afford to lose too many games in conference because mm-hmm. you don't want to be in the same situation you've been in the last four or five years. Going into the tournament, eight to nine seed, you want to be a four or five seed so you can have an easier road to make it the second weekend. Well, and you're absolutely right about those road conference games. I and mean, we've seen that the past couple of years going to places like East Carolina and your know, biggest biggest game in town, and they get you. But uh, Terry Davis with us from the Tri-State Defender. Terry, I got a couple more uh, basketball questions uh, for you before uh, I know we want to get into uh, Tiger football before we let you go. But well, I have to ask about his Steelers as well. Oh, but that's, yeah, that's for later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but student madness was uh, was last week. Uh, something new the the university was trying to do. I know you were there. Uh, covering it, both men's and women's team. Also, shout out to the women's team. Uh, Maddie Griggs on the first team um, for the uh, for the conference at Media Day today. But what did you think of Student Madness? Kind of this this new look of of what they tried to do this year. Did you did you like it? Did you think it worked? Do you think it's something we could uh, see in the future? Okay, I liked it for the fact that we were in and out of there within two hours. Oh the, wow! What I didn't like about it. They didn't have the high-profile acts. Mm. You know, there was no mystery, no uh, mystery. It, the hype wasn't there. Right. You know, and I think this team deserves the hype. You know, Big Booger was okay, but in the past, you know, you always wanted who's going to show up. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a big-budget uh, Hollywood production. And I think the university 
in their effort to save a little money, save a little few pennies, you know, didn't go big. You know, and they didn't go. You know, you could have still went big and not go to the FedEx Forum. Yeah, you could have brought a big act in there or a mysterious act or had some mystery around it. But I think that's what that's what I didn't like about it. But I mm. love the fact that you know it was compact. It went in and out in two hours. It it wasn't extended. It wasn't no a uh, whole lot of dead time there. Yeah, well, you're right. I mean, I remember that one year you had little baby future, uh, uh, young yeah. Dolph, all there. So, yeah. and then the year after that you had money bags. So, I mean, a, a lot of uh, big names those couple of seasons. Uh, last thing for you on this basketball team, you mentioned DeAndre a couple of uh, a couple minutes ago. Uh, we're still waiting for an answer. How do you feel about that decision coming down? I know a lot of people were starting to get negative feelings because of how the NCAA had ruled on other cases, but now in college football we've seen Tez Walker uh, get yeah. his eligibility back. Uh, Alan. Flanagan, uh, who just transferred to, to Auburn for this upcoming basketball season, uh, or excuse me, transferred from Auburn to Ole Miss uh, this upcoming basketball season, got eligibility. Uh, what do you feel about DeAndre's case right now? Man, with NCAA, it, it, you just don't know because yeah. there's no rhyme, reason, or logic to what they do things because there's, I think Dad's should have been eligible the first game of the week. It, been, it, yeah. it, it, you know, that's crazy because football is not 28 games. It's only – Twelve games. It missed and half the season. It's crazy. Exactly, it's crazy. And it's, you know, they all would want to say it's all about the athletes. It's all about the athletes. You know, like DeAndre's situation is he didn't play because his administration told him he couldn't play, but he could have played. Right. But you know, as a student athlete, that we went through the same thing with James Wiseman. They told him he couldn't play, and he played. And what happened? We get hit with a show mm-hmm. called and lose three games, and you know. So you have to do what the administration said. If they give you bad and erroneous information, you got to go with that. So I think he should be able to play because they gave him bad information. What a huge addition that would be if he's oh, able yeah. to play too. Such a good and player. It, Tigers really missed out on uh, Lil Curtis. I think that was going to be oh, a big yeah. miss for them. And next, but next year, you know, I don't like talking that for in the future because if he had committed, it would have set the table up for Penny having a a possible another number one recruiting class. Wow. That would have been huge offseason yeah. for the team as well. Yeah. All right, yeah. let's go back to back to the football side of things for the Tigers coming up this week. A huge game coming off a bye week now. Maybe a much-needed bye week for the team as well. So they've got Tulane. This is a Friday game this week, so nobody forget it's a Friday game this Friday week. Friday the 13th. Yeah, Ooh, oh, oh, that's a scary one too. So the kind of the two narratives I'm seeing as it leads up to this game, the last two home games for the Tigers have had really poor first halves, just really bad starts. But on the other hand, their last game against a quote-unquote marquee opponent, Missouri, and Missouri looked real good this past weekend against LSU, even though they kind of lost it late there. They played right up, went toe-to-toe with them. So which of those two scenarios do you think we're more likely to see on Friday when Tulane comes to town? Because it's Tulane and because what happened last year against Tulane, uh, for some reason Memphis plays horrible in New Orleans, but when they come up here, they beat the brakes off of Tulane. And I think Memphis will beat the brakes off Tulane, and by that, I think they would be by double digits. And by doing that, you would set yourself up to get more um, respect across the nation because in two or three weeks, because I think once they win, if they win this game right here, they got to, uh, uh, they can go rest of the month of October going to UAB next week, then North Texas the week after that. They can go into November being 7-1, and then in November, you know what happened in November, those bowl polls come out, and mm-hmm. the AP don't mean nothing. Those bowl polls mean everything. And if Memphis sitting at seven and one or eight and one when the first poll come out, they gonna be looking pretty to go to the Peach Bowl. 
Uh, you're looking across this league right now, and not only going to the Peach Bowl. I mean, you got a real good chance to win this league, and and I mean that's just a great look in the one year like this, especially with how good Tulane was last mm-hmm. year. SMU still in this league too; they look good at times too. That would be awesome, especially even even with those two tough games against Navy, tough game against Boise State. This would be a huge win for the Tigers on Friday. I'm excited for it. All right, now I got to get to another team that I know you love. How does it feel that I can say, Terry, your first place Pittsburgh? Steelers after a huge win yesterday. I know you watched it. I got to hear your thoughts about that game. Man, that was a that was an old fashioned nineteen seventies type game. Sure man. It, it, it's like the under the under for that game from from Vegas should have been twenty five points because <laughs> <laughs> because it was it was one of those games. It, it wasn't pretty, but it was a good football game. You know, it, you want you want seeing the high flash Miami up and down the field, but they was out there hitting and. Uh, block punts and punt returns, but it was an ugly game. But it was a good game, and you know I like those type of games because sometimes you need to go back to that that old style. And it's you know I I rather be in first and better instead of last right now. Mm-hmm. No kidding. And how about that, Mike Tomlin? He just finds a way every single sure week. Does. People counting them out right there, but you cannot sleep on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I tell you what, that defense and special teams for them looked un. Believable yesterday, great win by them, and I'm high, I'm a closet Steelers fan, Terry. I'm right there with you. I'm so excited to see them at the top of that division, Terry. Davis. And another thing too, ahead, I know please. you're talking about Miami, man. Uh, I'm not a guy for firing, but I think the Miami coach needs to be reprimanded because oh, I am a big Miami fan, and I actually watched that game uh, the whole fourth quarter, and they didn't show up to play. He did not have them ready to play, and he should have just got out there with the win. You know, I know he was trying to get that guy a hundred yards rushing yard, but look, the win is more important than individual stats. Absolutely, stat. no, no kidding. And then further, like you said, total breakdown because it's not only that he didn't kneel. I mean, the two play, the two pass plays that Georgia <laughs> Tech scored on. I mean, total defensive breakdown. Oh, what a shame! I mean, that's an opportunity to stay undefeated, going undefeated to North Carolina next week. Made me sad, man. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know. And uh, as a Miami fan, I'm going to take uh, North Carolina and all kind of points they get given up. Because <laughs> Drake May is the truth, man. Yeah. He is the truth. No kidding. Good, good smart, plan. Yeah. That'll be a fun game to watch. One sure of the marquee will. games of the weekend. Terry Davis joins John every week. He joined Brian and I today. Mm-hmm. Follow him on Twitter, TerryD515. Read everything he does at the Tri-State Defender. You can see him at every game. He's got his camera in hand. Terry, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Terry. Anytime, my brother. Y'all be good. And make sure Johnny uh, come out of rehab. I know he has a bunch of bad people. <laughs> Pray for him and hope he's okay. <laughs> we need all the prayers. Thanks, Terry. Back after this. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Happy Hour with Johnny Radio. This hour is brought to you by Scooters Plus on Summer Avenue. Here once again is Johnny Radio. I should update, Bryant. Last week, me, you, and Zach Boyd did the first inaugural. I guess that's redundant, isn't it? Yeah, it the is. inaugural bag of death and last i guess no we'll do it this week oh will we yeah tomorrow when we talk to zach we'll do it i mean it'll be on you guys to i was about to say who your... uh who uh make sure we do the punishment it'll be on you guys to fill your punishments uh, um you know we'll figure it out from uh, there i suppose self-policing that's right yeah, you know maybe i'll get john to police or something like that he's always a good police officer <laughs> uh but we all want sure did zach's navy midshipman thank you for mm-hmm. your service QFRS. won their game 
You had a big Colts win. It what was, a win! Yeah, don't why are we t- don't say what a win. We're in, we're how many miles away from Nashville? How I about mean, that? For goodness sakes, why would you say what a win? I tell you what, though, I think we all we're going to talk about the NFL next segment. Sure. I think we all underestimate all the time in the NFL how important a good, trustworthy backup quarterback oh, is. And the Colts, I think we all underestimate They're the best one around. When we underestimated just how important that oh, was going yeah, to be for their absolutely. season as well, and it's showing its face right now. He is a really good backup quarterback in this league. Could probably start on a lot of teams as well, but when you got a two-person two tandem like that, and, and now you're going to have to lean on Guardy Party for a little mm-hmm. bit here. So, And then I had the Niners win last night. Uh, yeah, you, nah, yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about that? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Nah, how about that? So we're going to talk about the NFL next time, but I just thought we'd update everybody on what was going on. And, and, a, and a 500 week from T-Money and Brasky, too. That uh-huh. how about that mm-hmm. a winning week and it was Lee Sterling's one loss that they bet against really how about that how about that so in terms of handicapping the handicapper they did a great job he only lost one game and they got it right how about that that was so, the Alabama game uh, Alabama yeah mm. um I I just saw this on Twitter I wanted to bring it up before we went to a break please uh, supposedly according to the Guardian in 2028 the Los Angeles Olympics will have several new sports cricket. Baseball, softball, and flag football. You ever, uh, well, they used to have baseball and softball. Right. But those um, are coming back for have, Los Angeles. Have you ever seen flag football? It's crazy. Have you ever, <laughs> Isn't it? Have you ever watched cricket? Yeah, so when I was in high school, I taught myself cricket uh, one one winter break. If you're ever just like bored, like late at night or like early in the morning or whatever, and you find yourself like I want to watch some live yeah. sports or something like that, or you're cricket's deg- always on, or you're a degenerate gambler. No kidding, it's yeah, always on ESPN too. Plus. They have some deal with like New Zealand or mm-hmm. something like that, so you can always watch like well, and, New Zealand play. And they don't have maybe maybe it's in the future game. they might get one, but there's a and it's easy to pick up too. It's not yeah, like it it's really super is. complicated. Yeah. I mean, you watch it for like ten minutes and you'll immediately yeah. know what's mm-hmm. going on. I watched it once. One like Christmas break, there was nothing on. I was staying up late at night. I was in high school. I was just staying up all night, and I just taught myself cricket. And so for like three weeks, I watched cricket. Um, What's the pitcher called? Uh, the hurler. Um, no, that's hurling. It's the bowler. Huh? You're oh, the, the bowler. bowler. Look, it's been a it's been a been like eight mm. years since you I taught said myself it so cricket. Confidently though, I yeah. Like but that. then I mean, I haven't watched it since I like then. That. But uh, there's a they've started a a professional cricket league in America uh, in in the United States. PCL. Uh, I don't know. What I think it's that's called. a ligament uh, in your knee. Yeah, it is. Um, but uh, wait, wait, it's like a PCL or something like that's that. That's what I just said. Oh. Um, Steve Martin was a pro. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. So there's. I mean, cricket's starting to grow here in America. I love the idea of flag football, though. Who do you get to play flag football? Olympic flag football. You don't get NFL players, do you? You get uh, ultimate frisbee competitors. Can I try out for the Olympic flag football team? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That's something to look into, maybe. You know what? You know what? I was about to, in a minute here, I was going to tease something we might do tomorrow because we're going to we're gonna preview the NHL all oh, week yeah. this week. I'm so wearing my Bedard jersey he's right now. He's got his Conor Bedard jersey on. The Blackhawks play tomorrow. So we're going to go through here, you know, the NHL is a sport that I know a lot of people in our market aren't necessarily excited about ever. It's not necessarily a sport that people like. But I think every time, every year when the Stanley Cup playoffs come along and people are watching it on TV, maybe people are looking for some mm. sport to watch, I think they always enjoy it. I, I can't urge people enough. I know there's you have plenty of bandwidth, especially football's only on the weekend. Sure. Baseball's winding down here. There's plenty of bandwidth to watch. And, and basketball's going on too, of course. But there's plenty of bandwidth to watch another sport this time of year. I encourage you. 
and we got the Predators here in market. You can watch a lot. The Carolina Hurricanes are in market here, I believe, in quite a few games. I encourage anybody to watch hockey, and we're going to help you do that. We're going to give you some preview things to watch over the next few days and hopefully provide some entertainment value associated with that as well. So Brian's got his hockey jersey on. Sure but do. maybe that's something you can do there is look into what goes into joining the flag football team. Now I'm seeing we have a a men's flag football team. The so, United States does. So it doesn't look like you're going to make that, they that play, The World Games Flag Football Championship presented by the NFL team Italy versus Team USA. All right, so we're not going to talk about that tomorrow. The anymore, Italians must have a good uh, flag football team. How about that? Italians. Uh-huh. So we're not going to talk about flag football tomorrow. Maurice anymore. Jones drew on the call for this championship game. How and about J- that? And JD. Yeah. Short guy, little guy. Angry runner. And Michael though. Robinson. <laughs> is an angry angry, runner, angry though, runner, man. I'll tell right. you what. Um, real quick here, because I don't, th- I don't really see any time for us on the horizon to talk about it later, so we'll just do it right now here. Um, baseball this weekend was crazy. Sure was. Um, wow, what a weekend. Rangers up 2 on the road going back home. I'll tell you what, though. Twins got their only win of this series. Right, because yeah, no Pablo chance. Lopez, and, uh-huh. and quite frankly, he was, awesome. he was. And they're not going to win another game because they're not going to pitch Pablo again for the rest of this series. And quite frankly, I don't see a team in the American League that can beat the Astros. Do you? No, I don't no, think so either. No, no way. No. Uh-uh. E- even though the the Rangers put up eleven, the, the the Texas Rangers outscored the Dallas Cowboys yesterday. I still don't see them beating a, beating Houston in a series. Did you watch any of that uh, Texas Baltimore game from yesterday? No, I only saw the highlights this morning. That on Sports game Center. was crazy. Baltimore scores two in yeah, the, the bottom first of the inning. first. No, I did see that. Uh, and they scored. It was five to two at the, in the third inning. It was they they put up uh, a five spot in the top of the second inning. Uh, Texas did. It was crazy. Uh, our our boy uh, Jordan Montgomery was on the mound for Texas. Didn't have a great showing, but still. Uh, you know, I guess got through four innings and then they yanked him. Yeah, did not get the win. No, did not get the win. Uh, what did you think of the National League series? Um, well, we've only had one game. Um, the game two will be today. Um, no, that's what I mean. But what did you think of the the two series that went off on Saturday? There, uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, Atlanta lost. Uh, the Phillies got the first one. Maybe the only win for them. Not only did they get the win, Brian, they shut them out. Sure did. Um, and uh, I thought that was going to be a high scoring game. It was not. Um, because the Phillies completely shut them down. I Classic Braves, so, the generation of the Braves in the postseason. I have been please, thrown off all weekend, especially Saturday, about these, these start times. What a playoff game, please. <laughs> but these start times have really thrown me off. I thought that game started at 6, and so when I tuned in at 6 o'clock to watch that game, they were already in like the fifth inning. It was 0-0, uh, and then Philly scored some runs. The other one, oh, the, the D-backs beat the Dodgers. First off, Clayton Kershaw, not a playoff pitcher. Um, maybe looking at retirement. Um, but I love this D-backs team, and uh, I, I picked them to win this series. I'm, I'm still on that. You can get Astros series price close to even money. Minus 110 is the best price. Right now? Right. Yeah, yeah, right now. Oh, take that and run. Mm-hmm, against the Twins. Twins, are, twins are plus 105. It's basically wow. even money either way. I, yeah, it's a it joke. Down. It's just because it's 1-1. One, one. I mean, Apollo Opa is the only one getting to win. Mm-hmm. That's the best bet on the board. I don't even need to handicap Rins- the games today. If you you want to make money, find it on whatever sports book you bet on, the best price you can find, series price for the Astros. That's free money. Did Sonny Gray already throw in the series? Yeah, he threw the so series. No, I, no I actually have no idea if Sonny Gray threw. I don't know why I said yes. I apologize. No, because over, <laughs> pulling a, pulling over, me there. over over through the first game. Yeah, so, so we'll so see no. Sonny Gray. So maybe they Sonny Gray is scheduled to throw Tuesday. Interesting. Against Christian Javier. Ha! That's a good pitching Um, right? Let's take a break. I'm going to scarf down lunch during the break. Heck yeah. And when we come back, I'll have all this energy, and we'll talk about the National Football League over the weekend. Back after this.